The following podcast is provided by Pinnacle Senior Placements, LLC, and Answers for Elders Radio. And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio. And we are here again with Daphne Davis from Pinnacle Senior Placements. And Daphne, um, you know, you're, we had a great conversation about my, a lot of it was my experience as a caregiver. And certainly that was, that's my heart, how I started Answers for Elders and everything like that. But since then, in the 12 years that I've been, you know, self-employed and doing this work, um, you know, I think that there's some really important tips of the trade, per se, to be a caregiver. And I know you have kind of your top five tips that I would like to cover the next um, two segments. And so, um, you know, you sent them to me, but I think the first one you sent me was pass the baton gracefully. And what does that mean? Sometimes there comes um, a place where you feel some burnout as a caregiver, or you start feeling like your motivation to be a caregiver is waning, mm-hmm. or you're, you feel like your life has taken a back seat. Maybe your own children, and you haven't been able to be as involved with them, mm-hmm. or you and your husband feel like you're you know, passing in the doorway as one's leaving and one's coming. Um, when you start feeling those things, that's an awesome time to either reach out to another family member mm-hmm. or to, to consider some in-home care to come in and help you, to have some added support from the outside. But that also comes with some um, feelings of your own personal invested style, sure. the things that you like to have done a particular way, or you've learned that mom and dad like this versus this. And so sometimes allowing for another caregiver or a sibling to step in can be a little painful. And it kind of like makes the hair on the back of your neck stand. And it's like, well, I wouldn't say that to dad. Or, you know, they don't have more patience with mom. She's just not fast at this. And so when that time comes, and, and I encourage all of you, please reach out for support before you're burned out before you feel your emotions bubbling up, before you feel resentment, before you feel weariness, before you dread going over to mom and dad's, or the phone is ringing and you're like, it's it's my parents again. Ask for help before those feelings come. But when they do, spend some time writing down the things of the routine of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're you know, a full-time caregiver and you're there, and I'm going to call a full-time, you're there maybe four hours a day, mm-hmm. maybe you split it up, you live close by, you help in the morning, you help with dinner time, um, maybe it's every other day, um, whatever the routine is for the caregiving, write out the, what you do now, because we do want it to be graceful for your parents. Um, We want their quality of life to continue to be high Mm -hmm. and for them not to have a lot of confusion if there's any cognition challenges. Um, Let let that continue. So write down even the littlest of things. Dad likes his oatmeal a little extra runny with some extra milk in it. I mean, something like that. Or every afternoon, mom and I have time that we can talk because dad's taking a nap at 3 o'clock. Or, um, you know, dad's best time is right after lunch and we can actually walk down the front walkway and go check the mailbox and come back. He's got good energy at that time. Those kinds of things share with the next caregiver. Share with clients. And know know that their style is going to be a little bit different. Let's assume it's a family member that you're handing the baton off to. Each one of you in the family has your role. 
each one of you have your perspectives and you have a unique relationship with your family members. Honor your unique relationship and the sibling who's coming in to give some support Mm -hmm. because they're both valid and they're both real. And so if things sound a little bit different, I mean, my sister and I would be very different in our style. I'm more chatty than she is. I'm going to be a little more open-ended questions. Um, And so I listen to her and they're sitting there just kind of looking at each other. I'm like, talk to them. (laughs) But that's not her personality. No. Um, and she so, has a different dynamic with them as a result, too. Exactly. So, so allow for all of those changes. The bottom line is, is that we want the person receiving the care, let's just, again, assume your parents, to feel honored, mm-hmm. supported at a level that they're not anxious, wow. supported at a level that they feel purposeful still. Mm-hmm. You know, allow them to take time to get dressed. It doesn't matter if it takes 20 minutes to put on a blouse. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Let them do it. Yeah. Um, And let the next person know. I mean, my personality might be a little more um, get it done and move on to the next event. I had to learn to slow down. I had to learn to be. It is okay if dad wants to make his own sandwich and he has to open up the refrigerator four times because he didn't get everything out of there at the first time around. Big deal. Mm -hmm. Allow different styles to come in. So the passing of that baton can be challenging mm-hmm. if you personalize the style, if you if you take ownership that your way is the only way of providing mm-hmm. care. And that's not that's not the truth. Right. The truth is what's the bottom line? We right. want parents to have dignity, purpose, support, right. lack of anxiety. So, you know, we now we've been touching on your second, you know, one of your second rules, which is allowing for different styles. And I think that's really a key um, point that I want to bring out because everybody does do things differently. And certainly your parent has a different dynamic with all of your siblings. And that's a whole other piece of it as well. And certainly, um, you know, to, to remember that and and allow, you know, the family to interact in the way, you know, with your parents that they've always done, which is interesting, you know, in sometimes that that's hard because you're seeing that parent every day and you're hearing the thoughts that that parent might have about your sibling. But then when your sibling shows up, it's like, Oh, that everything's forgiven and everything's wonderful, you know, and you're just going like, but there's times that you need to just realize that the whole point, the whole, um, dynamic of the family, especially if your parent is the matriarch or patriarch of the family and everybody revolves around them, there's this whole other piece that you realize that doesn't necessarily change. Yeah, there's there's some constants in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I as you're passing that baton also, sometimes it might be that you're not giving up all of the, the caregiving responsibilities, but you're dividing caregiving responsibilities. Sure. That's true. You know, I'm working with a number of families that are couple situations right now. And the, the children are trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, are trying to figure out how how to have a division of responsibilities and how to let the other people do the things as they're going to do them. And now you're intimately involved in the daily routines and the things that have to happen. An obvious one is somebody takes over medication, let's say. 
and someone takes over uh, grocery shopping or menu planning or somebody else says, no, I'll make sure this is always in continent supplies in the house. Um, You know, there's lots of ways to divide up that responsibility of caregiving, but it's working together, allowing for each other's strengths, Mm -hmm. having value for what they're doing, Mm -hmm. however they're doing it. Now, I always refer to when I'm talking to families, I refer to let's have two or three points on your litmus test that does it check off the the things that we want to do in doing that activity in ordering the incontinence supplies? Is that meeting our criteria of why we're even doing care? And that keeps everybody on the same page. It takes the emotion out of it and makes it perfunctory. And it's logistical. And what you're saying, which is really interesting, is if someone has an established role, not only do they feel a sense of purpose in this, but you as the primary caregiver don't feel overwhelmed to have to do everything. Um, If you as a family can work to all work together, that's amazing. It's awesome. It's awesome. It was like a family, but a lot of situations. So, um, so, you know, I'm, I really want to move into, um, we have a few minutes and I might even be overlapping a little bit, but let's talk about finances. Finances is a really key thing. I know for me, you know, I thought my mother had, had plenty of money to live the rest of her life. Well, when her assisted living um, fees happened, you know, uh, you know, we were up paying $9,500 a month by the time that she, you know, and, and because she had so many needs and requirements. And that's when it rolls and it, it uh, runs out really quickly. And so, you know, I always tell families, don't think that, you know, that their money is going to outlast them unless they've got millions and millions and millions of dollars because mm-hmm. one thing could happen. My mother had, you know, several different issues all stemming from... COPD. So obviously, you know, vascular issues, all kinds of things like that. But what I learned really quick was to track finances separate. And I noticed that that's one of your key tips. It is a little um, overview, and then we're going to get into it in our next segment. Yeah, Um, really important to have everyone be on the same page that no one's going to pay for things themselves. If there is an expense that someone wants to absorb and take, Submit a bill so at least we know that this is the cost of care. Right. Um, know that because there's ramifications down the road for if they're needing to convert to Medicaid, um, how his money's all been spent. Um, again, we don't because want veterans. benefits is, an, is a whole other thing with if your parent is a veteran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of things that go into qualifying for different programs. Mm-hmm. So coming up as a family to having a system of how do we keep track of our expenses in terms of caring for things. And it can be little things like, um, you know, I was at the store and I was picking up some clothing for myself and I remember that dad needed new t-shirts. Have it written down. I mean, I would recommend to having that reimbursed. I would recommend to having, maybe that's somebody's job, that they are the, the, the accountant, mm-hmm. the, you know, the bookkeeper mm-hmm. of everything. So we can move into that a little bit more, but it is important to pay attention to those things. Well, and I think, too, um, what I learned to do with my mom, which was really helpful, is 
in her bank, we just opened up a separate little slush fund account for me because my mom had, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that I didn't want to even have responsibility for. But I had what I called my caregiver account. And she, we put $500 a month in that account. It was just automatic on the first of every month. And that was a little debit card. So if my mother needed groceries, if she needed anything, that was on that separate account that I did and I was the only one. But here was the beauty of it. If family members wanted to see what was going on with the expenses, they could look at it online because I gave the, the passcode to, you know, my siblings. Mm-hmm. And so the great thing about that is, is it's all tracked separately. I'm not mixing my money in between of anything. If I needed more money on situations, you know, where we needed more than $500, um, we, you know, we transferred it over, but everything was kept, you know, separate and simple. And if I went to the grocery store, I had to buy half and half or whatever it was. I just rang it up separate. Um, Those are things that I think are really helpful, especially if you never know what's going to go down the path. And I think it's also important, you know, just for your siblings to understand that. So anyway, we're running over over time, but I'm just wanting to let you know that uh, definitely everyone will be right back right after this. The preceding podcast was provided by Pinnacle Senior Placements, LLC and Answers for Elders Radio. To contact Pinnacle Senior Placements, go to PinnacleSeniorPlacements.com. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.